the rest stop with Brad Restituto. Come on! You know I got ya! Yeah! We are live on a Thursday. This is the rest stop. I'm Brad Restituto. We come to you every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. Make sure you download the Twitch app and then go to www.twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball to check us out there and also streaming live on my Facebook and Twitter page. And also make sure you subscribe to the podcast version. You can search on, under Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, whatever platform, Audio Boom. Make sure you search Landry's Football Conference Call and then underneath there, the rest stop. And I appreciate everybody tuning in again tonight. We've got a good show for you in store as me and Spence will give you our picks for this coming Sunday and our special guest picker tonight, the Cap God. Uh, you see him in our chat a lot of times, Corey Fulton, my main man. He's here in Las Vegas also. Uh, we hoop outside of play some basketball outside of uh, the confines of our little Facebook and chatting and podcasting. Uh, but Corey, he had a good run last week, but those were only sent through text. So we'll see if he can repeat that performance live against myself and the Wiz and then call himself the champion of the week and coming back next week. So we'll get to our picks later. Uh, but before we get into tonight's show, we're also going to hit NBA, uh, some WNBA playoffs. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, the Lakers had a big week one. I'm sorry, game one win in the NBA finals in Orlando, the bubble setting. Uh, nice win last night. Some college football action getting in full effect this weekend, and of course our NFL. But I want to start off the show, and uh, I'll bring in Spencer the Wiz for this also. Here in Las Vegas, really hit close to home. October first, twenty seventeen, we had those Route ninety one concert, uh, the terrible shootings here in Las Vegas, and it really affected not only us here in the Vegas Valley, but really around the globe. The uh, aftershock of that event. So, uh, I just want to remember the people that were affected by that here in our great city. Vegas Strong uh, came out of that, and uh, it was a really tragic event, but really drew, drew, galvanized a lot of us here locally in Las Vegas and around the world. And it's certainly something to remember uh, on this day, as it's been about three years now. So, uh, Spence the Wiz joining me as always. Spence, give a little bit of thoughts about that, and if you want to go even further about that, some of the things we talked about off-air uh, I think are important points because um, it's really not giving a great perspective on on stuff like that that really is impactful not only to our community but the people that were involved also. Yeah, it, it obviously changed Vegas forever, and uh, it just – it was so surreal. Like it didn't feel real. I, I got woken up in the middle of the night, obviously. And I was like, there was a shooting. I'm like, obviously I was like, wow, that's pretty bad. But uh, as time went on, you learn how bad it really was. And uh, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about it, but uh, UNOV, I, I, I do not believe handled the situation very well. And I feel like if I lied about this, it would be going against journalistic integrity. I'll just tell you my true opinion, uh, whether, or not anybody agrees with me, but uh, I don't believe they handled it very well. You know, they did house people in the T and not the T-Mobile arena, but uh, the Cox Pavilion, I believe as shelter. Cause you know, when it was going on, no one really knew what was going on at all. Uh, whether how many people there were and all that kind of stuff. So that was great. But you know, obviously school was supposed to be that next day. So I was looking to guidance. I, I was checking their Twitter and everything like that. And their first tweet uh, about the events of, that were going on was we are open for business, not, you know, uh, hope everyone is safe or we've closed down the campus. It's no, we are open for business. So instead of looking at us students as valuable commodities, as people who are going to be probably working in the Las Vegas area, because there's so much opportunity here, you know, people go to the hotel college to learn how to work in these hotels that were affected that day. Uh, instead they looked at us as dollar amounts and, uh, you know, I, I did, uh, I knew somebody who had a teacher and they had emailed that teacher. Uh, they, apparently my friend had an exam that day and they asked him, you know, uh, obviously, can you tell us that the exam was canceled because no one wants to come to campus. Everyone is scared. Everyone is sad. And the, uh, you know, the teacher apparently emailed uh, my friend back and said, no, we're having the test as scheduled. Thanks for letting me know. I'm going to let everyone else know. Uh, it turns out later he had retracted that statement as as many teachers did that day, but really sad. And honestly, it, it kind of changed my perspective in the way that I view 
uh, UNLV and the way they conduct their business. But uh, n- enough about that. But, uh, you know, obviously all the lies lost that day were it's just one of those things. It's it's hard to, to to not think about and just think about how sad it is and how all those people's lives should all still be here. Uh, but yeah, Spence, final thought on that. Anybody listening to this show or in the chat, uh, if you haven't had something happen throughout your life and especially the last few months that makes you understand how precious each and every moment is with your friends and your family and the people you care about. And Spence, we've talked about on this show uh, some of your background and what you've experienced and what goes on uh, with the civil unrest, the political bullshit and everything else. If you do not realize how important each and every moment is with the people that you care about and and something I just said today in, in a text to someone um, that I need to practice what I preach in a way is, is I said to them a word or, word of encouragement. Don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. Uh, it is. It's all small stuff. You know, I, I've been without a consistent job since this coronavirus crap. And I'm just I have to teach myself the things that are important in life and the little wins. And I tell my girlfriend this all the time about the little wins in life. Uh, and we have to appreciate them. And they can be as small as your car starting in the morning. That's getting you from point A to point B. That's a win. There's so many small wins that we take and we take for granted. We don't realize what we take for granted. We're on our phones texting while we're driving. The little moments of, uh, you know, whether you believe in a higher power or not, but kind of looking after you to make sure that, you know, you're protected in a moment. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying some people's strings are pulled in favor or not, but we have a lot to look around and be thankful for. And it should not take moments like October 1st, 2017, or the civil unrest that's gone on or the police brutality or the uncertainty politically for us to look around and look at people in the eyes that we care about and that mean something to us and appreciate that. And not only the people that we care about and that care about us, but the relationships that we've yet to encounter in our life, the things that will be uh, along our journey that we've yet to be exposed to. You know, we should be grateful for the things that are yet to come also. So I'm going to leave it at that, uh, remembering the people of October 1st. But Spence, as we get into the sports tonight, let's start off with a Thursday night game. Just completed uh, at MetLife Stadium in New York. Uh, The Broncos on a short week travel east to take on the Jets and – the Jets had a lead for a little bit, but it didn't last long. And we were talking about it as we were watching live. Adam Gase's decision to kick the field goal on fourth and inches. Uh, it ended up not holding up. And the Jets lose again. And, and they end up losing by, uh, by nine points. Uh, a game that flew over the total. The Vegas total, I believe, finished at 41. The Broncos almost had that by themselves. And as you see on the graphic that Spencer the Wiz put up, does Adam Gase make it to midnight? Adam Gase is lucky he made it past halftime because the Jets had four personal foul penalties in the first half, six for the game. That's coaching. You you should have your guys coached up on the discipline aspect from way before week one, and now we're in week three. Six personal foul penalties is absolutely unexcusable for the Jets. And, you know, a lot of people criticize Sam Darnold, and I'm convinced after tonight it's not Sam Darnold. It's Gase. It's the people around him. It's the coaches around him. You've got another moron on that coaching staff, Greg Williams, who was banned from the NFL for a year because of his idiocy. He's a jackass. He's one of the biggest jackass coaches in the league, along with Adam Gase, who pretty much ran Ryan Tannehill into the ground in Miami, who he's got a resurgence with Tennessee. I mean, Adam Gase should not have made it past halftime. And and the Tominator, I don't know if he's listening tonight, but he's a diehard Jets fan. He had a great suggestion who should be the next coach of the New York Jets, and I agree with him. He says Heinz Ward, and I think Heinz Ward's a great selection. This is a guy who's going to command the locker room, who's going to demand respect, who has championship pedigree, and he knows the game well, and I think he'll surround himself with a coaching staff that's going to be successful. Adam Gase, Greg Williams are two of the biggest buffoons you can have coaching one team in the entire staffing of the NFL. They should both have been out the door by halftime with those penalties. Darnold almost uh, – I won't say Darnold, but Pierre Desir, I think he had three picks tonight. And if it weren't for him single-handedly, the Jets probably would have got blown out by more than two touchdowns. So 
I've talked about this from week one. If you go to my Twitter at Brad the Believer, I've talked about Adam Gase would be the first one to be axed in the NFL. It looks like that's going to happen. Uh, and he's lucky that he's uh, – I wouldn't say lucky, but, I mean, if you were betting, you would be lucky that Gase is the first because Dan Quinn of the Falcons is lucky he's not gone after blowing two leads of 14-plus points in two straight weeks with a Falcons team who represented the NFC in the Super Bowl less than five years ago and has talent. And how could you not put it on anything but coaching when you blow two 14-point leads in consecutive weeks? It's unbelievable. And, Spence, I talked about this at a premium, not only on this show, on Twitter, about how important coaching would be in a pandemic NFL offseason with no preseason games and no camps. And you look at the teams that are starting off 0-3 and the coaches that are on the hot seat, they look like undisciplined, not well-coached teams, okay? Six personal foul penalties, two games straight where you blow 14-plus leads. Uh, The Vikings are 0-3, who've had a lot of stupid penalties, and I thought Mike Zimmer uh, would be in the better category as far as coaches. Well, him and his coaching staff has not stepped up to the plate early. And look at your Raiders, Spence. I know uh, they're they're two and one, but they've been pretty well coached up to this point. They've limited the penalties, and they've actually played well in areas where they've been deficient. I thought their offensive line has played pretty darn well up to this point with a, a slew of injuries on that line. Uh, so I thought the Raiders have have been well coached. Look, the defending Super Bowl champion uh, Chiefs, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, they're on top of it. Um, so we can go down the list, okay? The Miami Dolphins, who talent-wise, uh, are at the bottom of the rung. I've talked about how I think Brian Flores has them going in the right direction. They've got a win under their belt, okay? That goes to coaching. Their quarterback is 15-plus years in the league. You can't name me a running back on that roster, and your one receiver that you can name, Devontae Parker, can barely stay in the lineup because of hell. You can really name nobody else on that Dolphins roster because there's nobody of note. They're depleted. They don't have any name recognition on that roster. They're going to have to build it through the draft. So, uh, you know, credit where credit's due. We'll go to the Buffalo Bills. They are a very well-coached team. Sean McDermott is absolutely well-coached, has his guys well-coached. And and they're winning games. They're undefeated. And and I'll finish this this coaching because Benny Superfly is in the mix here, talking uh, with us here on the chat. Unfortunately, his team – and I like Anthony Lynn, but I, I I can't convince myself that the Chargers are completely well coached when you lose to a Carolina Panthers team without their stud running back and a first-year college coach in Matt Rule. And you're at home. Carolina's traveling east to west. The Chargers can't lose that game. So these coaches need to get it together or they will be out of a job. They'll be we may have the biggest turnover as far as coaching. Um, by the time we get to the end of the season, we could see five, six coaches get the ax. You know, Matt Patricia probably saved himself off the hot seat with a win against the Cardinals this past week. But, man, a lot of these coaches are really feeling the heat with some of these unacceptable starts to to start off this 2020 season. Uh, So some more talk on, on this Thursday night game, Spence. I know it really didn't get the excitement of a lot of fans unless you had money on it. Brett Rippon, who is the backup to the backup, third-string quarterback out of Boise State, nephew of Super Bowl-winning quarterback, former Redskins quarterback Mark Rippon, uh, seemed to have a pretty good first half and then kind of seemed to have self-destructed a little bit in the second half, throwing pick after pick. But the Broncos overcame that, and they still found a way to win. Sam Donald, on the other hand, I thought he played pretty well. He had a really impressive touchdown run in the first half. He made some good good throws. He moved really well in the pocket. He just didn't have a ton of help. You know, starting first round tackle Makai Becton has been banged up with injury. Uh, the Vangio sent blitzes time after time against the Jets. Uh, they hung tough, but just not good enough. So if you were to give credit for this win, Spence, uh, where would you lean as far as that Denver side of giving credit to getting this win on a short week traveling west to east for the Broncos? Yeah, I think I hit it uh, right on the head. It was the run game for the Broncos. They run such a vanilla offense, you can basically plug in anybody. And that's why I think you saw 
decent enough quarterback play because it's it's so like pretty easy to get used to, which I guess is an advantage and disadvantage. But when you're playing a team like the Jets who are disorganized, just being able to run plays and execute them was definitely more than enough. And we know Melvin Gordon obviously is talented to have a big game at any point in time. So uh, I, I will give credit to the Bronco to the Broncos run game more than anything else. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, he's uh, he is healthy, one of the few healthy players on this Broncos team who've really been decimated by injury uh, here in this early stretch, this first quarter of the NFL season. A lot of teams really, really blasted with injuries, and the Broncos were able to overcome that, and they have a little extra time to prepare for their next game next week. Um, some teams that also have more time to prepare as one of the games will be postponed this weekend, the Steelers against the Titans – as a few of the Titans players and personnel have tested COVID positive. So due to that protocol, they're, they're having to postpone this game this, this weekend. Uh, so hopefully they, the NFL can nip this in the bud and this does not turn into something that's stretching out past the Titans locker room. So the Titans played the Vikings this past Sunday and the Vikings players and staff have been tested. And so far, no positive COVID tested reporting. So we'll get more into the NFL here in about 10, 15 minutes as we get our picks uh, for this week. The Believer and the Wiz and our guest picker tonight, Corey Fulton, calls himself the Cap God. He will join us to try to beat myself in the Wiz and claim his stake as the champion uh, handicapper on the rest stop. We'll see if he can get it done. He's got to beat myself in the Wiz outright in order to take that crown. Spence, let's get into game one of the NBA Finals. Uh, it was a... I would I will take credit for my prediction in that one. I thought the Lakers uh, would come out on fire and, and really take this one by double digits. And after that first quarter, they really got into gear. Anthony Davis led the way for the Lakers. They shot the, the ball well from three-point range. LeBron played solid. Uh, in the Heat, they couldn't get it going. Duncan Robinson, uh, I don't believe he scored last night. Bam Adebayo couldn't get it going. Tyler Hero could not. And then, of course, they were ravaged by injury, Goran Dragic uh, tore something in his foot. Bam on a bio was banged up. Jimmy Butler rolled an ankle. So the injuries didn't help the heat, uh, but the Lakers look ready to go. And now they're only three games away from hoisting that Larry O'Brien trophy and bringing the title uh, back to lipstick city in LA and crowning the Lakers as champion game one, Spence. What did you think about that one? Lakers good start for them. Yeah. No, obviously without a doubt to blow a team out by 30 points at one point, is not a typical thing you'll see in the NBA Finals. There's a few key things uh, you can look at in this game. Tyler Hero obviously was like the the weakest link by far. He kind of comes out hot. You know, that he'd have this decent run at the beginning, like a 12-point swing. It may have gotten even up a little higher than that. But, man, like he is so immature defensively. And I guess the thing is, the Celtics had Daniel Tice, right, and Anna's Cantor. Well, that's not the case for the Lakers. So the zone defense that you're playing where no one goes to the paint like they played against the Celtics, it's not going to work. The thing is you need Bam Adebayo playing full-time on Anthony Davis. And and the, the way the zone was situation, the Lakers were very smart. You just go opposite side zone, and then suddenly you got Anthony Davis on a one-on-one. Or you got Andre Godala in the paint, and LeBron just has to drive through, and there's no contest there. Andre Godal is fine, but again, you need to play that one-on-one defense. The zone is not going to work against this Lakers team. And when the Lakers are able to hit the three-point ball like they did to just uh, to abuse the zone even further, just is crazy. And when you're looking at the game, my first reaction was, wow, the Heat are playing small. Like the small ball is not working. But as you go down the roster and you really look at it, they don't really have anybody to increase their size. Like playing small ball is the only ball they can play. Now, Kenny Olenek did come in in the last five minutes, and he was plus something crazy. He was like 14, uh, which is lucky. But I think that's because the Lakers were kind of winding down. They're looking to end the game. So if Kelly Olenek can sustain that, I think Kelly Olenek will be starting next game uh, next to Bam Adebayo, and they'll have to see how that works. I don't know that for sure. That's just my prediction. But it doesn't look good for the Miami Heat, especially with these injuries starting to pile up. I agree with you, and, and I think it would be the smart move to start Olenek, uh, even though I don't know that that's going to do much to put them over the top. I made one play on this game uh, for Friday, game two of the NBA Finals. As game one, the over-under total spent was 217. I think it finished one point under that. I took under 216 in game two for two reasons. The injuries, of course, uh, 
I just think that the Heat are so banged up, and without Dragic, you're going to miss 15 to 20 points with him. And I thought the Lakers shot it pretty well from three in game one, so I don't expect them to shoot lights out in game two. So I went ahead and took under the total of 216 for game two. We'll see how that lines up, and that line is moving heavily in the favor of the Lakers as it went from, I believe, seven and a half, and I saw it around nine and a half earlier today. So we'll monitor that and see how that goes in game two. But um, it's really an important game for the Heat, of course. Every game's important in the NBA Finals, but without some of their big guns, it's uh, they don't want to get too defeated mentally because uh, if they do, the Lakers <laughs> will make this a short series. So, Spence, in more basketball news, one of the big um, things to come out of the NBA today, he wasn't unemployed very long. Doc Rivers, the new head coach, uh, <laughs> the new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. So it's going to be interesting. General manager Elton Brand uh, made pulled the trigger with um, Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers leaves the Clippers, and now he's got a talented team in the Sixers. Do they keep both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? And what do they do with Al Horford, Tobias Harris, and what kind of shooters do they put around these guys? Uh, Ferran Korkmaz, I like him. He's been a uh, summer league player for the Sixers, and he was, I guess – going to replace the shooting of J.J. Redick. Hasn't quite done that as J.J. was a big piece for the Sixers, but still going to add a few more pieces to that Sixers team, but certainly a team who, with J.J. Redick two years ago, was one crazy bounce away from representing the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals if it weren't for that ridiculous lucky shot by Kawhi Leonard that bounced off the rim four times, Spence. So I like the move. I think Doc Rivers is a good coach. Uh, I think – a change of scenery may be good, although I don't know. Is he a good coach? He couldn't get it done with these guys in, in the Clippers. So am I just saying that? He is a championship head coach. He won a title with the Sixers. Uh, I'm sorry, with the Celtics. Uh, his new team, the Sixers, can he get them back in the mix uh, in the Eastern Conference? I actually forgot that he had been on the Clippers for a lot shorter to me, but I, before Kawhi, before Paul George, I remember this was a really well-coached team. It was really the reason that Kawhi went to the Clippers in the first place. So uh, he did have those years where he looked like this fantastic coach, and obviously things didn't work out this season. And you got to imagine a 3-1 lead falls on him. So he's kind of in this middle state right now for me, and I'm not sure how to feel. But I think they will um, you know, bring – I think he'll be make them better, you know. But they still have a lot of issues. It's not really just about coaching for the 76ers, right? It's about this giant ball lineup that they're playing that just doesn't work in the modern NBA. You can play, you can have a big man. There was a, there was a little bit of astigmatism in the NBA where suddenly uh, you couldn't have a center. Everyone's running small ball because of the Golden State Warriors. That was an overreaction, and we're seeing that in this playoffs, right? Jokic and Anthony Davis are dominating, and to a sense – Bam Adebayo was in the East, at the, you know, not now in the finals because he's getting outclassed. But so, you know, he'll have these good pieces to work around, but they got to get rid of Jason Richardson. Uh, they got to get rid of Tobias Harris somehow. And they got they got to get rid of Al Orford. And I'll tell you, at least they, they'll only be able to accomplish one of those things, which is really the problem with the 76ers moving forward. Not exactly how well they're going to be coached. Suspense off the top of my head, some more positions, head coaching positions that are still open. I don't think the Indiana Pacers have filled their head coaching vacancy yet. Um, the Clippers still need to decide who they're going to hire. Who do you think in, is in the mix for the Clippers job? Is Ty Lue in the mix for the Clippers job? Is um, I know the right-hand man of Doc Rivers. Um, uh, God, why am I? Lawrence Frank. Um, so he's got some of his guys that are, are handpicked. Do any of those guys leave? Have you heard anything on, on who could be in the mix for the Clippers job? Yeah, I think Ty Lue is the leading candidate, if I'm not mistaken. Although the real candidate should be Nate McMillan. I think he would be the best coach for them. I don't understand really why he's not more sought after. I know the Pacers had this petty thing when they bring up his playoff record uh, when they fired him. But if you look at those rosters, they shouldn't have been in the position that they were in the first place. So the fact that he got them to the playoffs at such a high consistent rate, I could see that working out very well. Although Nate McMillan technically hasn't worked with superstars just yet in his, uh, his coaching career. So I, I see Ty Lue taking that position quite soon here. Uh, what do you think the Rockets do with their, their opening? That's a great question. And I think they waited too long, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, I think yeah. they should have taken one of these guys that were on the market, especially uh, who went to, the, uh, I can't think of his name. He went to the Bulls. Billy Donovan. 
I thought Billy Donovan for sure would have been the guy that they went after. And I think they yeah. were, but not aggressively enough. It's, it's kind of bizarre. It sounds like they're waiting, but these coaches are getting filled up pretty fast. You know, these guys are not waiting around. They're getting signed. Uh, we, we, always soon hear, after. we always hear Mark Jackson's name in the mix, the Van Gundy's. Is there any shot that uh, they're in the mix? And look, we'll, we'll ask our guy, Corey Fil- Fulton, who's going to come on and, and give us picks with uh, with our NFL picks. He's a big basketball guy, too, so I'll get his thoughts. Uh, Benny Superfly in the chat says, Pop, I don't think that's going to happen, Ben, but do you have any thoughts on um, who you think is going to fill the Houston Rockets open position? Because that's kind of the, the hottest job out of the ones available aside from the Clippers job. So I'm kind of curious how that's going to play out. So we'll ask some of our guys here. And uh, without further ado, Spence, we're going to get it started. Our NFL picks for week four. Anything you could do, I could do better. I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Anything you can be, I can be greater. Special the Wings and Brad the Believer back at it. And uh, let's bring in our guy, Corey Fulton Spence. Throw, throw him up in there. What's up, Corey? What's up? How you guys doing? Good, man. Thanks for joining us, my man. So uh, let me ask you real quick. Do you have any thoughts on some of these coaching vacancies in the NBA with the Houston Rockets and the uh, L.A. Clippers? Yeah, you guys hit it right on the head. I think Ty Lue, Nate McMillan, those are the top guys. Um, there's a lot of good assistant coaches, though, out there. So I think Jason Kidd might come back and do something. And some of these other guys that are out there, you know, so we'll see. We'll see. There it is. A lot of good teams to take over. That's for sure. So. That's true. Dave Perry is in the house. He, he made an appearance just for you, Corey. And, Let's uh, go, Dave. So, so here's the rules. Okay. Corey's got to beat myself and the Wiz outright uh, against the spread. We're going to pick every single game this week. He did. I'll give him credit. He texted me his plays last week and he was, he was fire. So if he has that repeat performance under the bright lights of the rest stop, he will be the reigning champion. And um, hopefully we can get some sponsors for our pick segment because the picks this week are going to be against the Circa Million Dollar Contest line. And I have them right in front of me here. And Spence, you can post our records at any time if you like. They're not uh, earth shattering at this point, but we're definitely going to turn the corner this week. And Corey's going to have to have his A game if he's going to take us both down. So I'm going to start off with this first game here against the Circa contest line, week four. It's going to be in Chicago. The Colts and Phillip Rivers traveling to Soldier Field to take on the new starting quarterback of the Bears, Nick Foles. The Colts are a two-point road favorite in this line. Corey, I'm going to start off with you as the guest. Colts versus Bears. Colts and the Circa Million line sitting as a two-point favorite. Yeah, I think Colts are going to blow them out, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be 30 to three. Uh, Big Dick Nick is nobody. Uh, they should bring back Trubisky. I think all the Bears fans are hating on the, the best quarterback in the league. I'm just kidding. But no, Colts for sure. I, I believe in Phillip Rivers and I, I believe in that uh, defense for sure. So see what happens there. Okay. Well, this is going to be my upset uh, money line of the week because I love the Bears because I think I'm waiting every week for the Colts to be what I know they are, and that's an offensively deficient team with quarterback Phillip Rivers who cannot move in the pocket. So it's important that finally a defense will bring pressure against Rivers and let him do what we know he can do, and that's throw interceptions. So I think that the Bears are going to get after him this week. I think Khalil Mack probably has his best game of the year. And you mentioned Nick Foles. He's going to build off that three-touchdown fourth-quarter performance and regardless if there's fans there or not, it's tough to win in Chicago. I like the Bears plus the two, and I like them to win outright. So I'm off to a good start in, uh, in taking out Corey, who uh, were, were against each other on opposing sides in the first game. Spence, break the tiebreaker. Who do you like? Colts and Bears. I don't love either team. You guys are so polarizing when it comes to this pick, but I'm going to take the Colts here. Uh, I like Nick Foles, but I want to see him do it against – a team that's not the Falcons who love to self-destruct in the last second of games. And I was in love with the Colts week one. I hated them for losing that game, but they're playing exactly how I thought they would. And they've had a very, very soft schedule to begin the season. And it continues this week. I don't think the bears are all that great. So I'm taking the Colts and I feel pretty comfortable about it. 
Yeah. And, and you could throw this up, Spence. My, my lovely girlfriend, Amanda, you could see that great picture of us on Facebook. She is from Chicago. Yes, there we are. We look lovely in our Disney trip. She's a big Bears fan. Uh, oh. She can't she can't name uh, three players on the team, but she loves the Bears. Uh, she knows Anthony Miller because I'm a big fan of his, but uh, I think she can only name two other players aside that. But we'll, we'll, we'll take her energy in my pick. And uh, I like the Bears. And Spence and Corey are going Colts in that one. So the Believer will start off 1-0 in week four. So we'll go to game two. Saints and Lions in the Motor City. Lions are a four-and-a-half-point underdog in this contest line. Uh, the Saints got to travel on the road. A big win for the Lions last week against the undefeated Cardinals. Can they have a repeat performance? Saints-Lions. Saints, a four-and-a-half-point favorite here. Corey, start us off on this one. I'll keep this simple. I think it's going to be big on if Michael Thomas comes back or not on how big of a game this is. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go Saints. I'm definitely going to go Saints. Saints minus four and a half. Spence, go ahead. I'm rolling. I'm rolling with the Lions here. I did not pick them last week, but I, I think they're a playoff team. So, And I think the Saints are, are a train wreck. I don't think Drew Brees is – I think he truly is a noodle arm. And I thought he'd have that momentum, you know, in the beginning of the season like he usually does, and then he falls apart at the end just because his body just can't handle it. But uh, we're seeing it now. You lose to a team like the Raiders, you're not going to beat a team like the Lions, in my opinion. This is a tough one for me because the Saints have lost two games in a row. Um, one of them against a really good, definitely a playoff team that will be competing for that number one overall seed in the Packers. Um, I thought they were the better team against the Raiders, and they found a way to lose that game. I think Corey did make a good point. I think if Michael Thomas plays, he is really the X factor on that offense, and I would love the Saints if he plays. I don't think he is going to play, though, which makes this game a little bit tougher to handicap because the Saints are the better team. They're the better coach team. They're the more disciplined team. They're the team I trust not to make as many mistakes. But I agree with you, Spence, that I think on paper the Lions are a good team. So this one's really tough for me to pick, and especially at that number. Four is a key number, so you're giving me the hook. Um, I think it's going to be really tough for the Lions to stop Alvin Kamara, and I think the Saints' defense has not played that well lately. I think they'll have a better performance. I don't love it, but I'm going to lean towards the Saints, and I'm going to take the four-and-a-half points. I'm going to give the four-and-a-half points, but I'll go with the Saints in this one. The next game on the card in the contest, circa multi, the Circa Sports Million Contest, year two. It's got the Cardinals and the Panthers, and the contest line has the Cardinals as a road three-point favorite in this one. Cardinals and Panthers. Corey, the Cardinals are sitting as a three-point favorite. Who do you like in this one? Uh, I'll make this quick. I'm not a big fan of the Cardinals, so um, I know, they, they've had a decent start so far, but I'm going to go – I think it's going to be a close game, so I like that. You said it's three-and-a-half spread, right? Uh, here I got it as three even on the uh, circle line. Yeah, I'm going to take Panthers. Panthers plus three, and I'll give Corey credit, I believe, in his text to me last week. He did have one of the few people that had the Panthers as that. He took the points in the, the road underdog role, and they won outright against the uh, hapless Chargers. So he was on the Panthers last week. He'll be on them again this week, plus three. Uh, I'm going to go opposite of that, Spence. I'm going to take the Cardinals minus three. Uh, I didn't like them in the spot last week, but I do like Kyler Murray. I know DeAndre Hopkins is a little bit banged up, but – I just don't think that Matt Rule and Teddy Bridgewater without their best player, Christian McCaffrey, can go two straight weeks and beat a team that on paper I think is better than them. So I'm going to take the Cardinals and I'm going to take the minus three. Spence? Yeah, I think this game is skewed because of last week. I think it was more indicative of how inconsistent the Chargers are than how good the Panthers you know, are playing. So I don't expect this actually to be a close game at all. So I'm, I'm taking the Cardinals. I feel this is a good game. I, I, I feel pretty comfortable with the Cardinals in this Another interesting one following that up, guys, the Jaguars travel to Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. The Bengals are a home three-point favorite, three even on the Circus Sports Million contest line against the Jags. Corey, who do you like? Jags, Bengals, Bengals minus three. This is, an, this is just an awful game, so um, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Bengals are at home. 
Joe Burrow has the hype. Uh, Joe Mixon, hopefully he shows up. And yeah, that should. Be, I, I'll, I'll go Cincinnati. Spence, uh, I'll agree with you there. I'll, I'll take the Bengals. I just. It looks like the Jaguars are falling apart at the seams a little bit. CJ Henderson had a little momentum going into week one, and it's really uh, dissipated to this point. So, and I, I think the Bengals are a, they're not great. Obviously they're, they're pretty bad, but they're disciplined from what I've seen. So I like them in this. Uh, I've talked about how much I like Joe Burrow and I think I've picked Cincinnati uh, the last couple weeks. And they've covered, but this is one of those weird spots where Jacksonville, uh, they have a longer week to prepare coming off last week's loss on Thursday night. And in these type of games, they always find a way to keep it close. Uh, the circuit numbers three even. I don't love it, um, but I think this could easily be a push game either way. Give me Jacksonville plus three. Uh, the next one in big sexy in Dallas. Uh, The Cowboys, five-point favorite. The Cleveland Browns on the road. Dallas in the Circa Sports Million contest line. The Cowboys are minus five against the Browns. Corey, start us off. Um, I think this one's going to be a close game. As much as I think Cowboys are going to win it, I think it's going to be by a field goal. So I'm going to take Browns on this one. Spence? I don't feel as comfortable, and I'm going to go Cowboys here. I, I think they're a hungry team. That's for the first time I've seen them play excited. <laughs> you know, uh, and they really want this division this year. They really feel like they should. And you know what? I think the Cowboys blow out the Browns. I'm not a fan of the Browns at all. Yeah, me either. I've talked about it multiple times how it's very rare that I'm going to side with the Browns. I did last week against a Washington team, but they almost gave that away as Washington took the lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I don't trust the pieces on the Browns, and the Browns are still the Browns until they absolutely implode uh, that roster. I, I do like Baker Mayfield, and I like some of those pieces. I like the running backs. They just can't get it all together from a, a personnel and from a coaching standpoint, and I think they're going to have their hands full this week going on the road. I think Dallas uh, gets some momentum, and I'm going to take the Cowboys minus five. Next one, Vikings-Texans. The Texans at home, minus five. Also, the same spread as the last game. Uh, the Vikings have not been able to prepare normally during this week because of the COVID outbreak with the Titans, the team they played Sunday. So they've really, really only had one practice week. Um, so I'm going to start this one off, guys. Uh, I just think this is not a good spot for the Vikings. They played hard last week. Justin Jefferson, they finally got him the ball like they talked about. I think they could continue to do that against a Houston defense that's not very good. I just don't think they'll be able to stop Deshaun Watson. Uh, it sucks having to, to pick against your team because they're so up and down and starting off the season 0-3. I just don't have any faith in them, so I'm going to take the Texans minus five. Corey? Yeah. No, it's Texans for sure. Uh, Vikings, I, I think, are the worst team in the NFL. So I, I think it's going to be a blowout. So nothing against your team at all, but they just <laughs> are really bad. Spence, uh, I want to take the Vikings here, but uh, I'll. Well, you I'll hate both teams. Them. You hate both teams. You I hate really do. I think both of these teams are not very good. Houston just the Vikings look decent at the end of that game. You know what? I, I'm, I'm switching it up. I'm taking the Vikings in this one. I think they get their first win of the season. Well, a big reason is who, who's Houston play these first three games. You know, played this, they played, they played nothing but big teams, and so that's why they're zero three. They're they're a good team, man. They're gonna they're gonna stomp all over Minnesota. Well, they should have beat the Steelers. Uh, they were up the entire game and then gave it up. We talked yeah. about this on Tuesday about yeah. teams that gave away games that they were leading late. Texans are one of those. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I, I'm not being overblown overblown here, uh, but the Vikings are playing like one of the worst teams in the league. How you could possibly have? Uh, the uh, two offensive players of the week on the same field, Dalvin Cook rushing for 160-plus yards, Justin Jefferson receiving 175, and you still lose the freaking game. I mean, somebody explain that to me. How that's effing possible. It's not. It doesn't happen. And it happened to the Vikings at home. Okay? So in this moron kicker, another jackass kicker, Steven Goskowski, who couldn't freaking kick into the ocean in week one, all of a sudden comes out next week 
uh, this last week against the Vikings and bombs five field goals, five for five, one for 50. It's absolute crap. And then Harrison Buckter also, who cost me 400 extra dollars, goes three for three from 50 plus the week before, misses a freaking extra point and a 42 yarder. I mean, these kickers are ridiculous. Uh, the, the only kicker that's got my attention is the punter from the Jets who stopped the touchdown about an hour ago on a punt return. The rest of them could go kick rocks because they're absolute trash. It's so ridiculous and frustrating, especially in Vegas when you're trying to win a little extra money and these idiot kickers continue to blow games. But that's neither here nor there with the Vikings, who, like I said, who have two of the most explosive offensive players. They put up all the stats. Corey probably has them both in fantasy, and they willed them to a victory. But that does not equate wins on the field as the team still lost. So uh, Mike Zimmer and the Vikings better figure out how to win quick, or there's going to be a lot of people without a job because they just signed Spielman and Zimmer to an extension. And if they, they've got a good chance to start off the year 0-7 or 0-8. Their, their schedule does not get easy at all. And they're in a division that's tough. They might not win a division game. So, I mean, I'm, I'm completely for keeping Spielman and Zimmer around to extend their contract. And I hope they do lose all their games because this team would be much better as if Trevor Lawrence was the quarterback. Because if you go into next year Absolutely. and you have those young cornerbacks – with another year under their belt, you have your high-priced free agent defensive tackle, Michael Pierce from Baltimore, who sat out because of COVID. And that's part of the reason they have zero interior pressure on that defensive line. Daniil Hunter, their all-pro defensive end, who's been out for three weeks, and they still don't know when he's coming back. As the as the moron Viking staff, they try to be Belichick-like and say it was just a tweak. They said it was a tweak nine weeks ago. Okay, he's off of IR now, and they still don't know when he's going to be back. He's their best player on defense. Okay, so they're not going to get any better anytime soon. The offense got better last week, but they still lost. So, look, that's my rant on that. Uh, Give me the Texans minus five. Okay, the next game, Spence, we talked about this off the air. This line is very perplexing, and I'm curious your thoughts here, Corey. Seahawks travel east to take on the Dolphins. The Seahawks on the Circa Sports Million Contest line are a six-point road favorite against the one-win Dolphins. Seahawks-Dolphins, Corey, start us off. Um, um, yeah, I'm really in between on this because of the line. Um, you got to start it off. Why don't you start yeah. it off? All right, uh, I'll start it off. Yeah, this line is weird. Uh, there's nobody in their right mind that thinks the Dolphins are going to beat the Seattle Seahawks. So all of us are probably saying, why is that line only six? The line should probably be 10, 11, 12, and it really blows my mind. But I, I guess if you look at past seasons, this is a spot where the Seahawks would tra- travel East Coast off of a big win against Dallas, where they came back and scored a late touchdown, and this game will be a lot closer than you would think. That's that's the, the reason that this line is short. But I thought in week one against the Falcons that Russell Wilson has just came out focused this year. This is not one of those spots where I expect a letdown. Uh, you've got a second-year receiver in DK Metcalf who's probably not happy with himself, the fact that he gave up a touchdown last week by not securing the ball into the end zone. So Dallas actually sh- should have lost that game by two touchdowns. So that being said, um, I, I really look like a square if Miami finds a way to keep this within the number, I just don't think it's possible. I think Russell Wilson's too good, and I don't think the Dolphins are talented enough. So on paper, this looks like a slam dunk, and it's definitely a square play because why else is this? this they're begging you to take Seattle minus six. Begging you. And I'm going to give in and take Seattle minus six. Spence, go ahead. I have to agree with you. It's just they must know something that we don't like. There's going to be some sort of accident and DK Metcalf is going to get hurt. Like as he walks onto the field or something, I'm just going to take the obvious route. I'm going to take the Seahawks minus six. Well, I know the Seahawks are a little banged up, but if this jackass Ryan or what, what is his name? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. The guy that's as inconsistent as some of these kickers in this league. If he comes out against Seattle and throws five touchdown passes, which is very possible. And Russell Wilson all of a sudden starts throwing interceptions. I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay. But I just don't see any way. I mean, I, I guess this game could, could fall within three or four and have to see how it plays out. And, and I do like Brian Flores. Uh, but 
look, the Seahawks have played better teams in the previous few weeks. And like I said, they should have beat Dallas by more than two scores. And Dallas certainly has a better offense than the Dolphins. I know it's not comfortable traveling west to east, but Seattle's been at home the past two weeks. This is a part of the NFL life. you got to travel sometimes. The Dolphins have had extra time to prepare, but you just can't stop Russell Wilson, and I don't think the Dolphins do. So you got both of us on Seattle. Corey, who do you like? Yeah, I'm going to go Seattle. I I was trying to figure out what, like you guys said, I was trying to figure out what was uh, – What's the reason for the line? They should blow them out. So I don't. I just don't understand it. So we'll see what happens. Okay. So we'll. This is this is definitely one of those interesting lines uh, that come out through the season, guys. And we'll really see how sharp the lines makers are. I, I definitely don't see this closing at six because they're just begging for Seattle money. This line has got to close at seven and a half or more over that key number, especially with the parlay liabilities. And if somehow the Dolphins stay within that number, I'll throw my hands in the air. Because I was on the Dolphins at the beginning of the season last year for like three or four straight weeks, and they got destroyed every single week. Um, I know they're a little bit better and they're more comfortable in Brian Flores' system, but I just don't see any way that they stay within a touchdown of a team that's much better than them. So we'll see who's right. Are are we stating the obvious or do these books know something that we don't? This is going to be one of those games to follow closely. Next one on the card, the Chargers travel east to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. The contest line has it at six and a half. Uh, At most of the sports books, you can probably find it at seven, but we're going to play against the Circus Sports Million contest line. Tampa Bay and Tom Brady at home, six and a half point favorite against the L.A. Chargers, who had a disappointing loss to the Carolina Panthers this week or last week. Uh, Tampa Bay, LA. Corey, do you want to start this one off? Bucks yeah. minus six and a half. Yeah, I'll start it off. Uh, Chargers have been playing well, I think, but um, yeah, I, it's it's Tampa Bay. I think I think with definitely with the six and a half. I think I think it's gonna be a close game though. I think they're gonna win by a touchdown, and yeah, I got Buccaneers on this one for sure. So it's at Spence. Tampa Bay as well. So yeah i'm in agreement although it's just it could be easily one of those weeks where they play as good as they did against the chiefs right yeah i just I, it would feel wrong to go against the buccaneers after seeing the way the chargers played last week but hey maybe they could prove me wrong uh, that's the thing with this league is we see what we saw last and that really influences our decision i i, I think the chargers certainly have weapons and the turnovers are what <laughs> hindered them last week um uh but Gosh, man, I, I just got to think, and the reason I'm on Tampa Bay is I think they're going to continue to get better. I know they're going to be without Chris Goodwin, possibly without Leonard Fournette, but I think Brady gets better, not worse, as he continues to get acclimated with Bruce Arians and some of his personnel and game situations. And look, Justin Herbert is still a rookie quarterback playing his third live game. Uh, I don't trust him yet to lead them to a big road victory, and I think Tampa Bay has got to continue to win to kind of position themselves in this NFC playoff picture that's going to be very tight all the way to the end. So I'm going to go Tampa also minus six and a half. Uh, these next two games are going to be interesting, guys, because, again, uh, I don't know that you could set the lines high enough in these next two matchups. We'll start off in Washington as the Ravens travel to Washington and take on the Washington football team. The Ravens don't have to go very far for this game, but they will be a road favorite of 12 and a half points against this line. Uh, I'll start this one off, guys. I mean, I don't know that you can make these next two games spreads high enough in the NFL. Um, I love the number. I, I, I don't look. Washington's been competitive, like right. They they won Week One against the Eagles, a great second half. Uh, they were competitive. They had a fourth quarter lead last week, so I expect them to be very competitive throughout the season. I think this is a bad spot for them to be competitive. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is not there yet, and. Baltimore's not happy uh, as they got beat pretty handily by Kansas City on Monday night. Uh, and I think they get back in the win column this week, and I think they win easily, possibly, certainly by two touchdowns, maybe more. I'll take the Ravens, and I'll take the minus 12 and a half. Yep. I, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you completely. Um, you even saw at the end of the Ravens game, the last game, uh, I think it was Snead came up to Lamar Jackson. I was like, Hey, let's just, we'll get it back next week. You know, they're, they're ready. They're ready to, it's about to be a 40, 50 point blowout like you've seen last year. So yeah, Ravens all day. So Spence. 
if Dwayne Haskins wasn't so turnover prone, I would be much more on this line. Obviously, it's close to two touchdowns, but if it was like 13 and a half, I think I might take it because I don't think they blow him out by two touchdowns necessarily. Uh, I just don't. I, I think a, a touchdown and a couple of field goals could be the difference. So I, I'm going to lean the Ravens as well. I think they're pretty angry about the results and a big spot where people expect them to step up and maybe look, you know, projecting forward to the playoffs. Like that was kind of what people saw us as a, a mini playoff game, and they got absolutely embarrassed. They'll they'll rebound this week. Absolutely. And you can't really take any weeks off, guys, with this new playoff format because only one team gets a buy now, and that's the top overall seed. So every game is important. Um, and, and look, the Chiefs, of course, are undefeated and are the favorite to get back to the Super Bowl for the AFC. But that doesn't mean just because the Ravens have the tiebreaker now that you know they can just accept the fact so early in the season that they may not get the one seed. We saw Patrick Mahomes miss a few games last year due to injury. So it's really important for each and every team to try to come out and, and win every game possible, not overlook teams. Uh, now, from a Washington perspective, uh, not a lot of people are talking about it, and I, I don't think Washington necessarily wants to go this route, being the fact that they want to know if Dwayne Haskins is their quarterback in the future. But I would really love to see Alex Smith get some run this year. The guy has overcome almost losing his leg. Uh, he is a winning quarterback every time he started in this league. And you want to talk about a possible jump start for a team? Get this guy in the lineup if he's healthy, and, and I think I would be on Washington a lot of weeks uh, because I still think he's got football left in him. And I think he's got a new perspective on life. So I know it hasn't been talked about much and we don't know that we'll see it based on the fact that Washington wants to know what their future looks like with Dwayne Haskins under center, but it's something to watch out for guys. I would love to see it. I think a lot of the fans would love to see it. And I think he is a better quarterback than Dwayne Haskins. So as far as this week goes, we're all unanimous. We like the Ravens and uh, I'd be surprised if it goes any other way. Next game, guys, in L.A., the Giants, who, look, you, you can pick from the Giants, the Jets, the Vikings as the worst team in the league. The Giants got their ass kicked by a San Francisco team who was without their starting quarterback, without the two of their best defensive players. Uh, they were just injury riddled. And not only did they get beat, they got smashed. Uh, the Niners kept scoring at will, putting up 30-plus points. Uh, Joe Judge clearly looks uh, outmatched as far as the coaching aspect goes. The Giants don't have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Without Saquon Barkley, they've got no receivers to speak of besides young guys that really aren't going to get it done when Daniel Jones has to drop back and pass it 30 times. Uh, the Rams came back from 20-plus points to take a late fourth-quarter lead on the road. Uh, if it weren't for a bad pass interference call late in that game, they probably would have came back and won. Uh, we all know that Sean McVay, uh, is a really good coach from an X's and O's standpoint, dialing up some really good offensive plays. They ran the ball really well against the Bills last week. Uh, they're at home. I don't see any way where they don't just destroy the Giants. Um, and, and this is another short line, 13. Uh, you're asking me to take see if the Rams can win by 14 points, and I say yes, they can easily. Give me the Rams, minus 13, guys. Spencer, go for it. All right. Uh, I think. Uh, a Nate McMillan led 49ers and they got blown out. It's like, gosh, is the is like it kind of depends on the Rams defense. But Aaron Donald has 30 interceptions in it, or 30 interceptions and fumbles combined so far in his career. I have to imagine Aaron Donald forces at least one, and that should push the line to an, at least another touchdown. I'm gonna take the Rams in this massive 13 point line. Spence, you were all over the place there. You said Aaron Donald had 30 interceptions and fumbles. I think. You oh, had, sorry. Yeah, yeah uh, Jones. Excuse me. And sorry. then you said, you said Nate McMillan. Yeah, I was I was confused on Nate McMillan. Wait, wait. Uh, the 49ers quarterback. <laughs> Nick Nate Mullins. Mullins. Falling apart. Nate Mullins. Nick Mullins. <laughs> Woo! That was great. Right, Spence. Spence, let's get you some Mountain hot, Dew going on Hot here. take, hot take. Okay, but so you're on the Rams. I'm on the Rams. All right, Corey. Um. Man, this is one – I'm not a big fan of the Rams, but the Giants are just so bad that, yeah, you just have to go with the Rams on this one completely. And then uh, I don't know if you guys just saw, but Adam Gase is going to stay the head coach of the Jets for the rest of the season. I wasn't expecting that. Well, I don't know who came out and announced that. He must have been on some – It just spice. announced it right now. Who they announced it? They're who it. announced it? No, is this the same person that announced that Alvin Kamara Alvin was going to be traded to the Packers? Right? Okay. Adam Gase <laughs> is not going to be the coach of the Jets the rest of the season. That's not going to happen. He's Like I said, he's lucky he made it to halftime in this game. 
Anybody who reported that is a moron. I don't know if it was Adam Schefter or whoever, whoever, but yeah. that's that's fake news. That's fake okay. news. This guy is not making it to the end of the season. <laughs> I mean, please, you better you better find his replacement quick because that guy is a disaster. All right, and then we'll leave that at that. All right, next game, guys. Patriots traveling to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. The Circus Sports Million Contest line has this at six and a half. Most of the books are at seven. Uh, they're asking you here in the contest to take the Chiefs. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I love Belichick and I love the Patriots, but this new look Patriots, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that they can necessarily match up just yet against the Chiefs who seem to be flying high. Give me the Chiefs minus the six and a half. They make everybody look bad. I think this is going to be another blowout. <laughs> and yeah, Spence, well, you, yeah, Spence, you haven't you haven't loved the Patriots since the beginning, so yeah, exactly. So I, I think we'll see a kind of a performance indicative of where I think they really are. Corey, you're 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 with us with the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you on the Chiefs. I'm a big fan of Cam and Patriots, but I uh, just you can't bet against the Chiefs until I mean, you just saw what they did to the Ravens, and I'm a huge Ravens fan, and they just. Made they they made me feel like Ravens are about to not even make playoffs now. Like it just was awful. So Mahomes continues to impress week after week. It doesn't matter that he signed a two hundred million dollar contract. If he stays healthy, he's uh, he's special. Yeah. And, and let's yeah. give Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy credit. They, they've got that team very well coached. The offensive line's playing well. The Chiefs are rolling. Uh, they had a little bit of a scare against the Chargers, but that's a division matchup where. Uh, it, it, it's tough. Those those teams play tough every year. And, and in those division games, you're going to see a lot of close games. Uh, this one, though, I don't think is going to be as close. I think the Chiefs get it minus the six and a half. Uh, Allegiant Stadium has game two, guys. The Buffalo Bills are undefeated, and they will travel west to take on the Raiders. Raiders still a little banged up. Uh, but the Bills are the favorite, minus three. Spence, you start this one off because I know who you like here. Uh, I'm sorry. You were uh, talking about the – I'm sorry, what was game? Bills Raiders, Bills minus three. Oh, this is the pick of the week. I, I know I said I wouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it. This is going to be the most embarrassing game of the week. I, I, again, they must know something I don't, but the Raiders are going to get blown out. No Henry Ruggs. The, the, you have a defense that can't get any pressure on the quarterback. I, I don't know. It's it's nuts. Yeah, I'm going to go Bills also minus three. Corey? I don't, I don't understand why Spencer hates the Raiders so much. They're actually a decent team. They're a pretty solid squad. Six one um, team this season. And <laughs> I'm honestly, I was, this is the one that I thought I was like, I was kind of in between because I'm a little different. I feel like Raiders actually might win this game, but I have to go with the minus three. Yeah. Cause I mean, Bill should win this game. So yeah, Bill's. Minus three. I we're think it's a whole game, though, for sure. We're all in agreement. It was minus three. I like the way Josh Allen played. He's certainly in the conversation uh, on a short list of MVP this far. Two games left, guys. Uh, in San Francisco, Levi Stadium, the Eagles, who are winless. Uh, they travel to take on the Niners. Niners minus six and a half. Niners still banged up. Uh, I haven't loved the Eagles, but give, them, give me the points. I'll take the Eagles plus six and a half. Spence? I'll keep it simple. I just the Eagles ha are going to keep it within a touchdown. It this 49ers team is is pretty good, but I don't that performance against the the uh, Giants doesn't mean that they're a good team. It just means the Giants are really that bad. Oh Corey? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm um, I'm actually going to go 49ers. I agree with you guys. I think it's going to be a one touchdown game. I think it's going to be small, but I think they're going to win by ten here. Niners. All right, Corey's going to go with the Niners. Monday night, finish it up. In Green Bay, the Packers, seven-and-a-half-point favorites in the contest line. Uh, they got the hook. I'm going to go Falcons, guys. I, of course, I don't love what they've done up to this point, but you're going to give me a touchdown and the hook. Uh, I like the Falcons' offense, and they typically can play back and forth with Green Bay. Devontae Adams probably will play, but uh, go ahead and give me the Falcons plus seven-and-a-hook. Corey? I think uh, every – I think their top three receivers – for the Falcons, I think they're all hurt, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go Same Green Bay. I don't know if they're going to come back. Um, I think – yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But I think I'm going to go Green Bay on this one. I would have picked Falcons if they were fully healthy, but no, I'm going to go Green Bay. Spence? Yeah, that changes the tide for me too. I, I wasn't really sure, but knowing that all three of them are hurt. But if they were at full power, this is a really good team. Yeah. I, I think they got to fire their coach and just try to get something going here. Because you can make that wild card spot pretty easily, I think. 
Yep. Hey, Corey, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll have the picks on Tuesday's show. We'll see how we did. And if Absolutely. you come out on top, we'll see you again Thursday, my man. Thanks for joining us at the rest of Appreciate it, guys. All right, man. Spence, you got some breaking news. Hit us with it. Tell us what's going <laughs> on, Spence. Of all people, I, this is crazy. This is why I was laughing a second ago, and I was kind of off my uh, – I was kind of off-centered, if you will. The president of the United States has tested positive for coronavirus, and it was broken by Shams, the guy who it competes with Woj to break basketball. Somehow he gets this breaking tweet, and he, and he releases it. So, sure, I, I don't know. That's insane. This is great. I'm going to investigate this uh, as we go up. How did the Trumpster get it? Is it was it was it with uh, Sleepy Joe at the debate? Neither of them were wearing masks. Oh, it's a Come conspiracy. On, to, it's a conspiracy happened, to stop Trumpy? the debates, don't you think? Oh man, I'm disappointed that the Trumpster got Zoom the debate. Zoom debate. Oh, and I have to make it official, Spence. I did have my COVID test finally. We talked about it. I am negative. Yep, I'm good too. I got tested as well. All right, Spence, hit me with the music as we wrap it up. I want to thank Corey Fulton for joining us. See if he can take down me and the Wiz. As always, Spencer the Wiz does a great job here at the rest stop. I want to thank him. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz and also his YouTube channel, Blue Milk Boys Gaming. Thanks to Benny Superfly, Dave Perry, everyone that commented tonight. Uh, if you want to check out any of the show on podcast form, please make sure you go to Spotify, Audio Boom, Google Podcasts, search Landry Football Conference Call. The rest stop is underneath there. Make sure you listen to us. And then download the Twitch app. And you can watch us live every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. Go to www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. All right, guys, put some money in your pocket. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back live, 9 o'clock Pacific time on Tuesday. For Spencer the Wiz, I'm Brad the Believer. This is the rest stop. Have a great weekend.